When I was newly arrived at the monastery, an old friend of mine asked to be received into full communion with the Catholic Church. It wasn't entirely surprising to me when he asked me about it. He was what we might call a John Paul II convert, whose love for the Pope was so, so great that uh, soon after his confirmation, he actually spent a year in Poland researching the Solidarity Movement and the influence of the Holy Father there. Going all the way back to college, we shared a habit of vehemently disagreeing about just about everything. Uh, he was a debater in high school, and many of our arguments were just playful sparring. But there was one area where I wouldn't give any ground, and that is he tended to complain about the church, uh, when what he meant was uh, you know, a majority of the hierarchy of the church or something like that, or the hierarchs that I don't like. Uh, this is a common mistake, and it's one that we need to avoid quite strenuously, especially at moments where so many of our leaders are seen to have failed us. The church is not just the institutional visible hierarchy. It includes all of the baptized, and in God's mysterious grace, for all we know, may include countless persons who lived before Christ and heard him preach to the souls in prison, as St. Peter says. There are two billion and more baptized Christians on the earth right now. Uh, there have been billions more who have already gone to their eternal rest and are awaiting the resurrection of the body. That's the church. Not only is the church not limited to the institutional structure of authority, it's not even limited to all the souls that happen to be alive on earth right now. That is to say that the church is not only the church militant, but includes the church expectant, the souls in purgatory, and the church triumphant, the saints. And because we are all baptized into one body, you and I already share in this triumph of the saints. We're connected. Uh, we chanted uh, at vigils this morning. We run in the perfume of Mary's uh, grace as she runs before us. We're connected. We are reminded that where she has gone, we are destined to go. And if we remain in communion with the saints, we will rise with the entire body along with our head, Jesus Christ. And among this glorious communion, there's one saint I've already mentioned whose triumph we celebrate today, and this triumph is the greatest cause for our hope. Not only do we affirm that the Mother of God is among the saints, she alone was found worthy to participate in anticipation, the resurrection of the body. This fact struck me for the first time when I visited Rome 18 years ago. While we were there, uh, we visited many tombs. We were on pilgrimage, and so we visited Peter and Paul and all kinds of other saints. There are two places that claim to be the tomb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and Ephesus has probably the better claim, but there's an important difference. If you open the tombs of Peter and Paul, you find remains. There are no first-class relics of the Blessed Virgin Mary nor did anyone claim to have any, even in the high point of the rage for relics in the Middle Ages. That is because her body was assumed into heaven. What does this mean? Etymologically, it means she was born upward into heaven. But we're not talking about just a movement that distinguishes between down and up in our bodily sense. It's a metaphysical movement. She's moving from one state in the flesh to another in the Spirit. St. Paul speaks of our baptism 
as our translation from one realm, the realm of darkness, into the realm of light. These effects of baptism we can't see directly. We have to take it on faith that that's what's happened to us. And then our life is the living out of this grace. But in the case of Our Lady, we already see the effects of Christ's resurrection. That his sinless mother has passed over into this elevated existence, manifesting now the eternal life that we possess in hope and which we long to live in eternally. At least I hope we long for this. And oftentimes our discouragement and struggles in the faith come about because we forget just how amazing this promise is and we get focused on the church being sort of everything that's going wrong with the church here right now. It's so much more, uh, this eternal life that is promised to us, so much more than a better version of this life. It's not like this life but nothing goes wrong. It's an elevated existence, a transcendent life in a spiritual body free of the limitations of the flesh, including temptation, sin, failure, annoyance, hate, resentment, fear, doubt, all gone. All of this will not so much be conquered uh, by us by trying really hard, but will be swallowed up by the liberating goodness of God's love. And as we wait for this, we profit greatly from gazing with the eyes of our imagination on the figure of the Queen of Heaven, and reminding ourselves that where our Lord and his mother have gone before us, we confidently expect to follow. Let us ask the Holy Spirit today to stir up in us this desire to join the saints in glory, to witness to this world, this hope, this celebration of our Lord's goodness as we look at Our Lady's Assumption and be strengthened against all hardships and temptation and discouragement through our Lord Jesus Christ.